Hi, my name is Tommaso, your first-year student host for the My First Year Story podcast. Here, I'll be sitting down with people who have the answers to your college questions and who can help me survive my first year as a University of Connecticut student by telling their own first-year stories during our conversations. Today, I am joined with Mr. David Wimet, who is the Executive Director of UConn's Office of First-Year Programs, Learning Communities, the Academic Achievement Center, and the Learning Community Innovation Zone. Following his passion for student success from the start, David played a key development of each of these programs. David, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Would you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Name, pronoun, hometown, and your go-to order at your favorite fast food restaurant. <laughs> thank you, Tommaso, and thanks for inviting me in today. I'm David Wimet, he, him, his, and hometown is, uh, my original hometown is uh, in New York, uh, but uh, right now I live in Mansfield Center. Awesome, and your favorite restaurant? Uh, favorite restaurant, you know, uh, Actually, the Harp in Willimantic is uh, mm. our favorite restaurant, and uh, Shepherd's Pie. That's what they go to. They go to. I will definitely check it out. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Thanks. Um, so, like, let's uh, let's start the conversation. So, tell us a little bit about your first year experience at Gettysburg College in Pennsylvania. Like, what did you learn? You know, um, uh, you know, it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, uh, the first year was really. Um, it caught me by surprise, mm -hmm. I have to be honest with you. You know, I was sort of uh, in high school, uh, had a great, great high school experience. I was an athlete, um, very happy. I grew up in uh, just outside Poughkeepsie, New York, and uh, I was the youngest in my family. So, so you're the last to go. Last to go, and uh, by far, you know, my, my, old, my sister is five years, and my brothers were eight and nine years uh, apart. And I really hadn't thought about college much, you yeah. know. Uh, my family uh, certainly had always... There was an expectation you go to college. But um, when I chose the school I went to with Gettysburg College originally, I'd played soccer and I wanted to play soccer. And so um, I just sort of chose it, but I had no clue. I had no idea really what I was getting into. So when the first year hit, I realized that, oh my goodness, you know, there are some things that I need to learn. <laughs> <laughs> and part of this is reflection back, but part of it is like, you know, socially and uh, intellectually, yeah. I just was in a whole different league. And so it caught me off guard. So I think, you know, the first year for me was one where I really had to sort of think about um, who I was and um, how I was really going to make it through the next four years. Yeah, it's probably was completely different from growing up in like a small town to moving to new college. I know I've definitely felt that way. It's like you don't realize you're in this bubble until you yeah. have your horizons expanded. So yes. I know exactly what you mean. Um, and then how did your college experience inform your current work with students? Was it were you able to feel sort of like that empathy? Like, oh, this is definitely something they're probably going through, too. Well, definitely reflect a lot back. You know, I, I certainly reflect with my my classes now about my first GPA, which was not stellar, uh, and uh, try to help students know that you know it's not the end of the world. No, uh, your yeah. first semester is not the end of the world. Doesn't define who you are. But I think you know, I think part of why I'm where I'm at is because I went to a liberal arts school, and um, while I wasn't a stellar student, I did take part in you know I did do intercollegiate soccer. I uh, got involved in a fraternity. I got involved in uh, study abroad. So I did a lot of things that were sort of um, uh, proved to help me um, to this day in terms yeah. of my out-of-class experience. Well, that is great. And so I have definitely reaped the benefits of the FYE program. So you want to tell me a little bit about the history and the reasoning behind the FYE program at UConn and how students, other students can benefit from it? Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, I think we'll get into a little bit of, you know, 
how I got to UConn. But I think for the FYE piece of it, I think UConn in the 90s realized that we needed to do more to um, help students transition into a research university. Right. And so the pendulum oftentimes swings at research universities between the attention to research that the faculty you know, are rewarded for and the undergraduate experience. And so I think UConn kind of realized that we need to help students understand the value of research and why coming to UConn as a research university really uh, provides them some opportunities that are unique and really beneficial lifelong. And so FYE really is the starting place. It's a place that gives students an opportunity to figure out what that research is and figure out what are the co-curricular opportunities. It also is a place to affirm that they made the right choice yeah. to come to UConn. Right, because you don't want them to leave. <laughs> right, you don't want them to leave. <laughs> and we also want to say to students, um, you know, uh, UConn is a special place mm. and uh, we want them to feel like they belong. And um, I would say that that was a struggle when I first came here for students. Um, UConn has really evolved to a different kind of university over the time I've been here. Which is great. And as I'm so I'm an in-state student and there's definitely at, at my high school, there was definitely like this stigma around, oh, you're going to UConn. Uh, but um, as soon as I got here, that was like completely erased because it's it is this great research university. and It just happens to be in my home yeah. state, um, which shouldn't it shouldn't hinder the right. great things that happen here. Exactly. Um, yeah, if you want to talk about how you did get to UConn. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so when I left Gettysburg, you know, I really didn't know what I was going to do. I was a history major. I should have been a sociology major. I love sociology. Uh, and uh, I come from a family that had an awful lot of attorneys in it. In fact, my brothers and my sister are all attorneys and my father. And uh, <laughs> so there was pressure. <laughs> right. Um, but I grew up in the 60s and it was a turbulent time. And um, there were lots of things going on. And, you know, um, sometimes uh, you see things as you grow up that you don't really want to be a part of. And so uh, part of it was uh, I realized pretty quickly that um, the legal profession wasn't really going to be the direction I wanted to take. Uh, but I did want to be in education. So I chose to be a teacher. So I left school and applied to every single school district in Vermont. Uh, because I also wanted to ski. Yeah, <laughs> and so, best of both worlds. <laughs> so I wanted both of both worlds. Well, as it turned out, you know, I didn't. I, I had one interview in the very northern part of the state, and when I went in, um, they started speaking French to me. <sighs> well, um, they come to find out with my name and that I had studied abroad in in, in France, southern uh, southern part of France, and um, some of my background, they just assumed I was you know fluent, which of course <laughs> I was not. So that was a short interview. Um, but then in the summer, I was working and uh, ran into to a principal that actually was uh, in a high school near Burlington, Vermont. And um, he said, you know, we have an, uh, an opening just happened. Why don't you come up? And, you know, within three weeks time, I was at 21 sitting in a classroom of ninth graders, uh, which is a whole other story. But from there, you know, after five years of teaching up there, living in Burlington and, um, doing, you know, teaching world history and uh, different aspects of history, um, I realized that I needed to think about other options. So I went back to school, uh, took a leave of absence, went back to school and studied higher education and student affairs administration. And um, after two years, uh, really realized that maybe this was, maybe higher ed would be the place for me over the long term. Yeah. Uh, tough decision because I love teaching and I still do a lot of, obviously, lots of teaching of with course. my job now. And I also realized that I needed to um, look at schools that would give me a broader, more diverse experience than the schools that I had been at in Vermont. So I went uh, and took a job at University of Southern California in Los Angeles and uh, and 
was uh, working in a field of uh, student conduct, which actually has a relationship to law, which ironic. That is uh, ironic. But uh, so yeah, so I dealt with students who were you know getting in trouble left and right, and how and in dealing with adjudicating those kinds of cases out there. Well, and that kind of brings me to my next topic. So what are some of the top issues or like concerns, challenges that you see first year students face? Um, well, and today is kind of a tough time to die. Right. I mean, with COVID, we, we have a whole set of things. But, uh, you know, I think for first year students, um, uh, the adjustment of figuring out who they are and what they want to be involved in, engaged in. You know, what are their passions? You yeah. know, trying to investigate, you know, sort of having a sense of what are my interests? And then how do I pursue those interests and get engaged in those things? With a lot of pressure from society and family sometimes that tells them different kinds of messages. Right. So right now STEM is a big push and, you know, the job market is a big push. So I think a lot of students feel there's lots of pressure to be, you have to be a certain thing to get a certain kind of job being sort of from a more liberal arts point of view from my perspective, and I still believe it's true today, is that um, we don't know what those jobs are gonna be in the future. No, no one can tell. And you know, when I graduated in 1980, there was no internet. So, you know, I think that the jobs that are today, you know, we didn't even imagine when I was going to college. And I think that's gonna be the case in the future. So how do we prepare for that? Obviously there are fields where you have to be certain kinds of majors, but um, so, so, then, so then how do you help students kind of get outside their comfort zone to kind of explore different things that will give them the kinds of skills and thinking, habits of mind uh, to be prepared for, for what those new jobs are gonna be? Yeah, and FYA creates such a great space for that because coming into, like you said, a research interview, uh, research in university, it is intimidating. It, exactly, it's intimidating and, um, and you know, the journey is different for everybody. And um, that's hard to realize when you come in. Everybody thinks there's a right way to do it. Yeah. Or have a perception or have a picture in their head of how higher education is and what it should be. And when the picture doesn't match or the experience you're having doesn't match the picture in your head, then there's, you know, things like loneliness and depression and other things that kind of creep in or I'm not good enough. And really, I've never met a student who's not good enough to, to succeed at UConn. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a matter of really where their path is going to go and how they're gonna get there uh, is more of the issue. Right, and that is kind of where you guys come in. And speaking about path and your path, you mentioned you come from a family of um, lawyers and attorneys. Were there any influential people who kind of were like, it's all right, like education is definitely something that you can do and you chose like that path? I think, you know, um, First of all, my father came from a family of eight. Uh, he was the youngest in a family of eight. His father worked on the railroad. I mean, he wasn't an executive in the railroad. He worked on the railroad. And his his uh, his message to my dad and his uh, other kids were, you're going to go to college and you're going to, you know, education is the value. So education has always been a really important part of my family's uh, upbringing. And then I think... Um, you know, I think uh, equity and uh, social justice and um, how do you help people, uh, uh, you know, transform their lives. And mm -hmm. I think education is the place to go. You know, most of my family went to private institutions. In fact, uh, uh, I'm the first one to sort of explore public education. And, and I think it's it's. I just love it. I mean, I think yeah. this, these are the kinds of students that I want to work with and help and support. And, uh, and I think my family, um, you know, my family has been a big part in sort of helping me understand uh, what's possible and uh, to realize that uh, you can be aspirational. And then my education really helped me think about how to be innovative 
and how to be supportive of students and how to navigate, you know, how to help students build systems that can help them be successful. How do we do that? And that's the big, that's kind of the fun part of my job. And now that you're here at UConn, what kind of drew you to UConn? Was it the atmosphere, the students themselves, Connecticut? Yeah, well, that's kind of a funny story. You know, that's, that's <laughs> 1991. So, you know, um, I loved USC. It was in Southern California. It was in a Los Angeles. I have to tell you that when I first arrived at USC, um, the the uh, the equivalent of our director of African American Cultural Center threw an Ebony magazine in my lap. I'm not sure if she threw it, but she certainly showed it to me. <laughs> and she said, you know, um, it's going to be a little different for you now. And the cover of that Ebony magazine was the whitest state in the country. And there were at that time 22 African American black uh, people in Vermont. 11 of them were at Middlebury College. So in a joking but laughing way, she sort of gave me the message that, you know, hey, you know, you got a lot to learn, buddy. Yeah, she was and like, get I did, ready. And I did have a lot to learn. So, uh, and I immersed myself in that and the issues were really uh, tough. This, uh, unfortunately, the same issues that we have today right. about how people, how, you know, the structural kinds of racism that occurred, uh, you know, was very real then and it is still today mm -hmm. and so so when i came to yukon in 1991 um it was almost like going back in time right I mean, stores connecticut was like no stores and stores uh there's no college town um you know 11 percent of uh let's see so 11 percent of the students were in the top 50 percent of the class whereas now we have most you know well over 50% are in the top 10% of the class, mm -hmm. changes the whole thing. Most, this was a second choice school for most students. Um, about five out of 10 students were, were not graduating in six years. Um, so there were just lots of challenges at UConn. Yeah. And so, uh, and where are, you know, and, and just like everybody else, I was like, we're, we're between Boston and New York, but <laughs> right. you can't really get there uh, easily. So I think, um, so it was a different time. Mm -hmm. But it was also an interesting time in the sense that um, at the same time, in 1990s, when Gample was built, uh, it was at the time when the men's basketball team was starting on the rise and was on CBS all the time. Uh, and then the women's basketball team, which I think is the reason why, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, we sort of are where we are today, yeah. uh, was on the rise. So you had this sort of interesting dichotomy. It was a good school, but Connecticut didn't realize how good it was. No. And we had an athletic program that was putting us on national TV all the time, and yet we didn't think we were all that good. So that changed in the 90s, and that's when really, um, thanks to all these, you know, the Board of Trustees and some different things, they created this undergraduate uh, teaching and learning uh, division. And that's when FYE was born and said, you know, we're going we're gonna to put money and support toward first year students and um, and then learning communities and then the academic achievement center and then the yeah. innovation zone and things of that stuff follows. And like look at the benefits now like going back then and seeing that and being like just starting out on this project and now seeing the success and growth of it would you have ever imagined that uh, were to happen? No, not at all. I've been really lucky. I mean, I think, you know, it was me and an undergraduate student who started the FYE and uh, and now we have uh, close to 13 staff that are uh, across all of our different programs. So it's it's been a great ride. Yeah, that is so exciting. And speaking of the FYP programs and stuff, can you briefly explain the overall mission and goals of the first year programs department and how it relates to UConn? Sure. I mean, we really are a place, a vehicle 
for us to uh, help students take advantage of everything that UConn has to offer. So really, our classes and um, our activities and programs are really a place that helps students take advantage of their academic life, but also how their co-curricular life fits into that. So the context for your learning is so critical, and it makes you a better learner. And so I think our first year, our mission is, number one, relationship-oriented. We believe that it's important to build relationships between faculty, staff, and students, but also between peers and build a community uh, and build a sense of belonging. And so that is the start place. And then went from there, then it's the introduction to all of the things that UConn has to offer. So whenever you see any major research thing or major development, first-year students should be a part of that. Yeah. There's no reason why. And first-year students are teaching. I mean, our whole peer piece is, I think, uh, something that I'm very passionate about. Everything that we do, students should be along the way seeing the complicated conversations and, and, and decisions we have to make and be a part of those. And um, so that that's, I think, uh, part of, that's where our mission is, is to really kind of um, help students understand, um, you know, the complexity of what higher education is for them. Yeah, and they get like an up-close look at it, yes. which is kind of great. Um, and FYP has this, like you mentioned, the peer program. Um, how does peer-to-peer -peer support enhance the work you do in your department? Do you see like different type of growth, whether it's um, a staff, like a teacher or a professional versus student? Yeah, so I got in the, I got in, I kind of got interested in this when I was at USC because students adjudicated every single case. Wow. I mean, from a suspendable, expellable case to any kind of case. And I watched how uh, students uh, dissected those situations, asked great questions, uh, struggled with the decisions. And so when I came here, what I realized when I was in the dean of students office, um, I did some of that work, but I also was working with students on academic probation. And I realized that, you know, students could really play a key role in helping other students uh, be successful, learning how to navigate the university. So to answer your question, um, that was the beginning of where we started with peers. And at that time, there was not all the mentoring programs in the cultural centers. There was hardly, you know, the peer advising, TME, all of these things didn't exist. So it was really the initial starts of, of giving students those kinds of opportunities and then providing classwork that could support them. So the, the, the short answer to what you're asking is, yeah, I mean, uh, students start <laughs> to realize, you know, this is complicated why, you know, people are in academic probation for a whole host of reasons and they're complicated. It's not for a stereotypical reason. Uh, when they go to FYE and they, they uh, help teach these classes as mentors, they start to see how difficult it is to teach, hmm. how difficult uh, it is to navigate uh, the world of education. And that gives them a whole different perspective. And and opens their eyes to all the different potential, not to mention the counseling skills, the presentation skills, the ability to uh, build relationships with faculty and staff, uh, the ability to, to deal with conflict and conflict resolution. So there's a whole host of skills that go along with all these peer pieces. Plus, for us, it's really about students telling us what the real deal is. Right. Because like, they're the ones who are <laughs> living that life. Exactly. And so they will tell us when things are really, uh, um, you know, are off right. and, and, and that we're not doing the right thing by students. And so that really is probably the most important part is that they give us the feedback by which we can then change what we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had spoke with Destiny Cruz last week and she she's a mentor and she talked about the story where she was helping a student on academic probation and when she had helped them, she was like, it's like helping my helping myself. Like I'm feeling the success that they're feeling. I'm right along with them. And I think that is just a really cool part yeah. of the program itself is that it's not only focusing on the students who need the support, but it's students who are giving the support that are 
also reaping benefits from it. That's right. Um, so n- now we have a signature question that we ask all our guests. So we're all first at something, whether you're the first person in your family to go to college or something else. What do you feel like you've been the first at and how do- has that impacted your experience and your life experience or your story? <laughs> you can take one. a second. Take a second. It's a big one. <laughs> that is a big one. I mean, you know, I guess I would say, you know, um, first at creating some of these programs. I mean, first year experience of wasn't here. Um, learning communities were not here. Um, the opportunity to do the learning uh, community, the innovation zone mm-hmm. was not here. So I think the ability to be first to help create those kinds of things um, has really shown me that, you know, you can create things in big bureaucracies. You can be innovative. Uh, you can have an entrepreneurial mindset um, within an institution. It doesn't have to be just a startup or anything yeah. of that nature. You can you can you can create those things and um, and I and that that's really quite frankly what excites me is what are the things well we'll sit in here in this podcast. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think students can create all these things and the more opportunities we create for students is is um, it makes UConn special. Yeah. And that there are so many outlets for students to do whatever they want here, whether it's radio or art or sports. It's like UConn definitely has their hand on exactly. that pulse. Exactly. Um, so as a first-year student myself at UConn, what's one piece of advice you can give me? I mean, you seem the expert at first year. <laughs> That's funny because yesterday I had four students come into my FYE class and talk about their journey, um, and they were all giving advice. You know, it's hard because I think I'd go back to a couple things. One is um, trying to help students realize that the first semester is just the first semester. Yeah. And trying to help them take the pressure off of that. But learn from it. Reflect reflect mm-hmm. on it. Understand, you know, what you want to do. So I think the journeys are their own. Um, I guess my advice is, um, goes back to this thing. And, you know, I didn't think it would really resonate, but it seems to resonate with students is the more you can get outside your comfort zone, that's where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. And that can be really small things like making an appointment with your faculty member. It can be reaching across the hall to make friends with somebody. It can be big, like choosing to study abroad or do a research or things that, but I noticed that, um, you know, for me, even now it's, there are things that I'm anxious about doing and I find I have to have that mindset of, okay, you got, you know, this is natural. I have to be able to get outside my comfort zone and I have, and and then nine times out of 10. It's success. It's a success or it, the experience itself teaches you about yourself and how you deal with it. And, um, and really, um, college is about self-awareness. College is about know thyself. Mm -hmm. And the more we can help students kind of get a sense and that deals with failure. See, so, so, and no one's been taught through the first, you know, 12 years of their college that, you know, you should fail. Yeah, <laughs> but, no. But in lots of ways, right? I mean, that's the best That's where way the most growth comes that's from. That's where it yeah. comes from. And unfortunately, there's so much baggage around failure. Um, and in a research, it's a challenge at a big place that we give feedback to people about their performance mm-hmm. and personal feedback from a place of care, from a place of, you know, you can do this. This is just, you need to tweak certain things and learn more about where your strengths and weaknesses are and what you really want to do with your life. I mean, that's really the big question. Yeah. And it's like, why, why limit yourself? Your, why limit your potential when you're at this place that gives you so many opportunities to do so many different That's things? Right. And I think that FYP and UConn itself just gives space for students to do that, to do exactly what you just said, to, to step out of their comfort zone. To explore and discover. Yeah. And that's what a research university should be. Yeah. Um, so uh, 
now is the time where we turn the conversation around and you get to ask me a question. Um, so is there anything you'd like to ask? Sure. I'd like to, I'd like to ask, you know, what, what have you discovered about yourself in your very first semester at UConn? Um, I sort of think that what you said about putting yourself out there is something that I was always told leading up to college and this whole experience is don't be afraid, like, go go get it. And it's like, yes, it is really nerve-wracking and saying hi or being the first person to make that first move and say, hey, I want to go grab lunch um, in the dining hall or something like that. It's just being like welcoming those nerves and being allowed to be like, okay, it's fine to be nervous, but you should still do that thing. And it's like, I being afraid of different things and stuff, it's like, there's no point in having that fear because why, like I said, why limit yourself? So I think that's what I've learned about myself is I really only, I really don't have anything to be afraid of because everybody else is having those same feelings. And it's yes. like just the normalizing that effect. Like I was in my dorm room the other day just by myself and I was like, should I be outside like being with people? And it's like, no, it's just fine to be in my room and watch Netflix right now. Like there's, why are you feeling this pressure? And I think a lot of other students feel that. Mm -hmm. And it's the sooner they realize that that's fine. And it's like, just worry about yourself and how you're feeling the sooner that they can move on from yeah. that feeling and use that other, use that energy to explore other things. So I think that's what I've learned about yeah. myself here. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, we had a grad student a few years ago who coined the term evening. And he would say, I want, I really, I'm just going to have a me yes. and it's perfectly okay, right? To be, yeah. you know, and, uh, but there is that pressure, that pressure exists on students that it has to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And uh, so excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to use that. Evening. Yeah, I like evening, that. Yeah. That's a good word. Um, so I, I uh, think that's the end of our conversation and that's the time we have today. But uh, listeners, thank you for listening and we hope you continue to do that. And uh, that's all we have. So. Peace out, Huskies. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you. The My First Year Story podcast is a production of the University of Connecticut's undergraduate student body in collaboration with the Office of First Year Programs, Learning Communities, the Academic Achievement Center, and the Learning Community Innovation Zone. Our co-producers are Casey Jaycox and Hannah Peterson. Our staff advisors are Cody Ryan and Helena DeBald. For more information on our podcast, to meet our entire staff, and to listen to more episodes, visit fyp.uconn.edu backslash mfys. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at UConnFYP.